The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who fall away. my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, Mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph Lord, in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, TV, WXYZ people. All the boot rockers are in the house. And anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. Where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsLibertyMedia.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com. Also, sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, and see the face that's made for radio, head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com and, <clears throat> excuse me, right there, top of the page, you're going to see two videos. The one on the left side is uh, Bradley's show from Saturday, so that's two hours worth of Bradley Dean. If you missed that and you'd like to watch that, you can do that up until 3 o'clock today. Now, I don't know if Bradley's going to be on. I don't know what days he's going to be on this week because they are on the West Coast. They're in California. Um, so just tune in, sonsoflibertymedia.com, uh, if you're looking for Bradley. And then uh, you're either going to have a live version of Bradley or you're going to have a 
educational video there. That's where it'll be. Okay. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up whatever device you've got, and then look in the right hand corner, uh, bottom right hand corner for the Rumble icon. Click on that and join us in the chat on Rumble. We are streaming live to Rumble. Sons of Liberty Radio Live is the channel. Also, before it's news.com, uh, top of the page, dlive.tv at the Sons of Liberty, a number of Facebook pages that bear my name, as well as twitch.tv, which has the, excuse me, as real Tim Brown, just real Tim Brown over there at Twitch. And then we have a couple of people who pop in on that, and it's whatever that's worth. And thank you guys for, for doing that. And then also uh, Twitter for whatever that's worth. Uh, at the real Tim Brow too. Leave off the end off my name, the real Tim Brow, and then add a two, and you're good to go on Twitter if you're over there. And then uh, if you, while you're at sonsoflibertymedia.com, please sign up for our email newsletters. Just one a day, seven to eight o'clock in Eastern is when you get it. It's all the articles, including the morning show archive. If you're interested in that, um, check that out. And then if you would like to know what we're doing in the ministry at Sons of Liberty, which is beyond internet and radio, then go to sonsoflibertyradio.com, sign up for that email. It goes out once a week on Saturdays. Uh, so check that out. And also while you're at sonsoflibertyradio.com, uh, check out the uh, the My War series called Equipping the Saints. You can you can get to it uh, while you're at sonsoflibertymedia.com. There's a little um, icon over on the right side of the page. It says Equipping the Saints. You click that, it takes you over to sonsoflibertyradio.com. That's the entire My War series. So... Some of you have the DVD series. Our family has it as well, uh, where Bradley goes into the public schools, where he addresses, you know, the topics of the day, if you will. And uh, I don't know how many hours that thing is. It's like five DVDs or something. So all that's free online. You can go watch it there. And uh, you can also see what the ministry has done and what it is doing and where we're doing it. So uh, be sure to be sure to check those things out. Um, finally. If you agree with our message, you'd like to help us stay out there, there's a donate button at the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com. You can click on that and make a one-time donation, or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty, and we do appreciate you guys' support. We really do. The store is also available. I haven't made really made mention of that in a while. This week, we're highlighting uh, Bradley's book, The Grass. The Rocks Don't Work, The Grass Do. I think that's the title of it. Uh, that's on special this week, so if you want to pick up that book, you can do that, and uh, you don't need a promo code or anything for it. You can just jump right in there with it. Real quickly, um, I want to play one little video. It's going to kind of lead to some of the things we're going to talk about, at least domestically. And this is a recent report by uh, Greg Reese on the January 6th political prisoners and the inversion of justice in America. And uh, I just want to, uh, I'm going to just play this real quickly. It's, it's, I like Greg Reese's stuff. Uh, it's very concise. It's quick, you know, three, four, five minutes, something like that usually something like that. And uh, he kind of hits the highlights. And so you get kind of an overview of what's going on. If you want to do any more research into this, you can. But uh, this is one uh, that he recently did, and this is on the January 6th political prisoners. Take a listen. On May 4th, 1970, hundreds of students were protesting the Vietnam War at Kent State University. The National Guard tried to disperse the crowd, but were met with resistance. Things escalated, and four students were shot and killed. This was rightfully memorialized as an overreach of power, but things have since changed in America. On January 6, 2021, during perhaps the biggest peaceful protest of American history, 
The FBI instigated violence. Things escalated and four people died, including Ashley Babbitt, an unarmed Air Force veteran who was executed for climbing through a window. There were no rock anthems composed to memorialize her death. Instead, her killer was celebrated on TV. The almighty self-righteous liberal now celebrates tyranny. And after pretending that violent mobs burning down cities for an entire summer is peaceful, they pretend that the American patriots at the Capitol on January 6th are terrorists. And they pretend that the violent masked group Antifa does not exist. Antifa has been used regularly to silence, intimidate, and violently attack peaceful protesters, including women, children, and the elderly. They and don't come the here to South Carolina, I'll to tell be you nothing that. but tyrants, allowing all this to happen, a group of patriotic Americans known as the Proud Boys did the right thing and attempted to protect and defend their fellow man from a criminal government, including Army veteran Joe Biggs. People always ask why we come. Um, my question is why don't more people come here? Um, there's a lot of bad shit that's been going on. It's been 100 plus days of violence and riots. Uh, assaulting police officers, killing people, executing people. Um, we don't like seeing that, you know. Uh, I want everyone to learn how to get along. And, and like today, as much as I do not like Antifa, I don't want any of those guys to get hurt. Um, I want everyone to be able to go home. I disagree with them, but we should be able to disagree and keep our hands to ourselves. Because the police have done nothing while innocent lives have been taken by government proxy groups Antifa, and Black Lives Matter, the Proud Boys stood up to exercise our God-given right under natural law, self-defense. And because the brainwashed masses have fallen into complete submission to the corrupt system, a new precedent is now being set that will forever change this country, strip us of our First Amendment, and further enslave us all. Joe Biggs, along with four other members of the Proud Boys, are now being tried for sedition and face up to 20 years in prison. Court reporter Alicia Powell was there to witness the lead prosecutor accusing the defense of being racist, and nearly every potential jury member has rallied for Black Lives Matter and supports Antifa. A former CIA operative has also been qualified for the jury. These political prisoners have been rotting in an American gulag for a year. Some are being starved and drugged, and our so-called leadership does absolutely nothing. The trial is set for next week. The current state of justice in America is a complete abomination, a system comprised of criminals and whores. May God bless America, because we need a miracle. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Okay. All right. So you see what's going on. Yeah, we call for God to bless America with repentance. <laughs> Let's be honest about what we need. We don't need more blessings of money, finances, jobs, economy, food, restaurants. We don't need more blessings of that. We've got all that. We need some spiritual blessings. We need real repentance from sin. That's right. Real repentance from breaking God's law our idolatry, our drunkenness, our adultery, our thefts, our 
taking the Lord's name in vain. And no, I love what my pastor said yesterday. That is not profanity that you use. It is claiming that you're his and living like you're not. That's what taking the Lord's name in vain is. Okay? We need deliverance from our covetousness. We need to be blessed with that. And let me tell you something, that's only going to happen as you and I take the true saving gospel, not the one that says, hey, you can take Jesus and just live in your sin the way you want to. We just want you a part of our church. We want you giving your money or whatever. And by the way, I make mention of the donations. I don't even like doing that. And some of you, um, <clears throat> you know, I've seen some comments from people that say Bradley's after money. I haven't seen any of that. I, I haven't seen any of that. I've seen actually just the opposite. And that's beyond knowing him on a radio show, okay? Uh, neither one of us like to talk about that stuff. But we need to be blessed by, we need to be blessed by God that way. That's what we need to have. Uh, okay, so the reason I bring that up is going to be to lead into some of the stuff we're going to talk about today. Now, when I, you know, I've never taken the oath of office for any political office. Never sought really a political office. Don't have desire for a political office. I told you I've thought about local sheriff. Um, considered that, but not really taken it seriously enough to you know, form something to start that. But there are many people who've taken the oath of office. And part of the oath is to defend the Constitution. You know, that's, that's their standard. That's the standard that's been put up for them. Against enemies how? Foreign and domestic. Now, here's what, here's how trivial that's become. I've watched these Q people. No offense against the Q people. I, I've said all along, I'm not looking at you guys as my enemy. I think you're deceived about a lot of stuff. I really do. But the fact of the matter is, I watched Michael Flynn, who prays to Michael the Archangel. He's a Roman Catholic. He is part of an Antichrist system. Get that in your head. That's what he's part of. I've watched that guy. And I've watched him lead people who don't have office. They're not, a, they're not, in, they're not uh, signing on to the military or anything else. And they want to you know, do their little thing. I watch these people sillily. Oh, I'm, I'm going to, for the office of which I hold. Well, you're not holding an office. They, they quote it mindlessly, not taking seriously what they're even saying. And they're going to protect the Constitution, defend the Constitution, from enemies, foreign and domestic. Well, let me ask you something, Q people. Let me ask you something, American, who has veterans who have taken that. What are you doing against the foreign and domestic enemies today? See, it's one thing when you're in the system and the system sends you to go fight commies, Nazis, whatever the case may be. That's one thing. What about when you're not in that system? Do you still uphold the same thing? And you guys know I quote the Constitution as something against them. Not it's not for me. Not for me. It's for them. It's for those who serve are supposed to serve the people. But as we're going to see, they're not the ones serving the people. They're serving themselves, and they're serving their serving their puppet masters. That's who they're serving. So the first thing I want to do is I want to take to a foreign enemy because that one's kind of easy to go even. The guys who take the oath and I'll say this, but I, but again, I ask, what's, what's going on with the people who are taking the oath? Okay. What's going on with the people who take the oath? 
You're right, Mr. Wordsworth. Sorry, I'm, I'm catching a comment here. Sodom and Gomorrah had an abundance of those blessings. This is what he said, see Ezekiel 16, 48 through 50. Yeah, we, we mentioned that before. I think it was last week or the week before. Uh, their blessings that abounded to them, they were in wealth and ease. And they had too much time on their hands. And as they had too much time on their hands, they started looking for uh, pleasures of the flesh. That's what they started doing. And look, is that not what has happened to America? Yep, it has. And this is why when we have our shows on Wednesday with Lynn Taylor, the Common Core Diva, and we talk about education, one of the things that I always point back to is Deuteronomy 6, teaching your children these things, having the commands of God in your heart, teaching it to your kids. Because if you go on in Deuteronomy 6, verse 10 and following, what you'll find out is God says you do this so that when you come into the land the Lord your God is giving you, you've got these vineyards you didn't plant, houses you didn't build, all this stuff, all this abundance, you don't forget God who brought you in there. And let me tell you something. This is another thing. God bless America with remembrance. With remembrance for what he has done for us. Because he hasn't done this for every nation. I'm not saying every nation on the planet doesn't have electricity or an abundance of food and stuff like this, but there are lots of them that don't. And those who do, you'll usually find they get certain technologies and things like that from the United States. Anyway, point is, is this. We have the World Health Organization. Now, I've done a, I've done a, uh, and I, I meant to, I was trying to bring this up and I ran out of time. Um, and so I'm going to, I'm going to do this live here. We have an organization called the World Health Organization. Now, did the United States form that? Nope. Did the people of the United States vote for anybody in that? Nope. Nope, we didn't. Um, I got to sit here and type this out uh, just so I can do a, a search. But the, the guy who heads the World Health Organization, I call him Terrorist Teddy. Teddy Tenderos or whatever his name is. Anyway, and I can't find him. Ah, I wish I could find him. Um, the, the article that I did, because this guy, the country he came out of, he spent them into oblivion with his, with his health stuff. Okay. Second, he's a terrorist. He was a known terrorist. And then they bring him out to be, he's not a medical doctor, to be the head of the World Health Organization. That none of us in America, none... No other people on the planet in any or on the earth in any country have elected him, have sought him out and said, yes, we want him to speak for us concerning our health matters. None of them. And yet he's leading the World Health Organization who's wanting to change their amendments, okay, in order to take over national sovereignty. Now, any of you guys who are actually paying attention, and I know we do have some Trump supporters who listen. You need to understand something. Trump has been continued to push the same global agenda in education that every other president before him has brought. He's also given, despite what he did with a little bit of money for the World Health Organization, continue to follow their puppets like Anthony Fauci, Deborah Burks, and the like. Okay? Even reference them. And it's not just him. It's Joe Biden. It's Barack Obama. It's the rest of these guys. So <clears throat> there was an interview. This, came, this comes from The Defender. This is uh, Robert F. Kennedy's organization. Dr. Michael 
Nevroticus. I, I hope I say his name correctly. Anyway, uh, he had an article at The Defender, and it was dealing with an interview that he had with uh, Francis Boyle, who is a PhD and a bioweapons expert and a professor of international law at the University of Illinois. Uh, here's what he had to say. He said the World Health Organization's latest proposal may violate international law. You think? Here's the question I have. What authority do they have? They only have authority because people think they have authority. They haven't thought behind the, the fact that nobody, no people have said, yeah, we would like for you to organize our health. And even if they did, this boy right here would tell you to take a hike. Tell you to take a hike. He has no authority over me. Neither does that organization, which is corrupt. It's funded by the corrupt, such as Bill Gates and other corrupt people in positions of authority in other countries who usurp their authority, steal the money from their people, and then send it to the who. So here's part of what, uh, what this, what this uh, article stated in this interview. Secretive negotiations took place this week in Geneva. This is last week, actually, Switzerland, to discuss uh, proposed amendments to the World Health Organization's international health record. By the way, they kept you out of it. The people that they want to rule over, they kept you out of hearing it. They didn't want you to know what they're conspiring to do against you. And it is a conspiracy because all these people met and they want to do it in secret. Now, why do you do something in secret like that? The only reason you do something in secret like that is because you know the people don't, they won't like it if they hear what you got to say. And maybe some of them are going to come yank you out of your bed and deal with you appropriately. That's why you keep it secret. So they want to propose amendments to the World Health Organization's international health regulations considered a binding instrument of international law. Now stop and think about that a second. <clears throat> How many of you want international law? I don't. Because international law means you have influence of people who have totalitarian ideologies in their head that they're practicing in their own countries, which is why you don't want to go live there. And they want to impose it on us. I don't want international law. By the way, we have a natural form of international law. God's law, his natural law, we understand. We already understand that. And you know what? When a nation goes against another nation, it shouldn't be for anything other than what God has laid out as far as natural law in his written law, which we read in the scriptures. And when we do go to fight with them, we've been over this before, we approach them and we give them terms of peace. You stop what you're doing and we'll work out a settlement of peace here. But if you don't, we're coming in and we're going to deal with you. You understand? We're not doing that. We're not doing that at all. We're doing something completely different. So, the article goes on. It says, similar negotiations took place last month for drafting a new WHO pandemic treaty. See, this is trouble right here. This is Fourth Reich stuff. This is how they, this is how they do it. While the two are often conflated, the proposed IHR amendments and the proposed pandemic treaty represent two separate but related sets of proposals that would fundamentally alter the WHO's ability to respond to public health emergencies throughout the, throughout the world. And critics warn significantly strip nations of their sovereignty. We've already done that 
when Donald Trump issued the uh, USMCA. That's already done that on an economic front. Okay, It's already established a small government above Canada, the United States, and Mexico. For all of you guys who praised Trump over that, you didn't look behind the curtain to see what was there. Okay, So that's been put in place, which was something the Council on Foreign Relations wanted for a long, long time. They got it with Donald Trump. And people swallowed it hook, line, and sinker. So we had uh, James Ruguski. We had him on the show just, uh, what, a week ago or so. And um, James says these two proposals would transform the WHO from an advisory organization, advisory, to a global governing body whose policies would be legally binding. Now, stop and think about that. Legally binding. These are the same knuckleheads who told you, you need to social distance. They told you, you need to wear a mask. They told, and then they told you, you didn't need to wear a mask. Then they told you, you didn't need to wear a mask. And then they told you the, the shots were safe and effective. And they said, oh, we're having a little problem with this. And then they told you the shots were, eh, I don't know if they're that effective. Same organization. Do you really want them telling you how to conduct yourself and how to, and, and then not only that, but enforceable under the color of law? Is that what we really want? Nope, I don't think we do. I don't think we do. You go on. They also would greatly expand the scope and reach of the IHR, institute a system of global health certificates and passports. I'd allow the WHO to mandate medical examination, mandate medical examinations, quarantine, and treatment. Whatever you've seen in China, these guys will pick up. They have the same mindset. It's totalitarian. Roguski said the proposed documents would give the WHO power over the means of production during a declared pandemic, call for the development of IHR infrastructure at points of entry such as national borders, redirect billions of dollars to the pharmaceutical hospital emergency industrial complex. I like that. Very clever. And remove mention of, quote, respect for dignity, human rights, and fundamental freedoms of people. How about national sovereignty and what we have in place as far as our constitution, which tells our government they have zero business in the healthcare industry or in our health period? And if you disagree with that, tell me where in Article 1, Section 8, Congress has the authority to write law concerning our health or fund it. Tell me in Article 2 where the president or the executive branch has the authority to institute something about mire your health. They don't. Show me where in the Constitution the president has the authority. This is going to blow some of you away. Where does he have the authority to declare a national emergency? Where does he have that? Oh, Congress rule. Where do they have the authority in Article 1, Section 8? Where do they have the authority? They don't. They just usurp it and take it, and the people sit back and go, well, they're in this position of power, so they must have the power to do that instead of recognizing they're usurping that authority in order to promote their agenda because they're tyrants. Every single one of them. Every one of them are tyrants. And by the way, the judiciary branch, the judicial branch, they don't have the authority either. They've got about four things they can rule on, and none of them include health. They're not about health. Francis Boyle says, 
who's a professor of international law at the University of Illinois, said the proposed documents may also contravene international law. Here's what he said. Boyle, author of several international law textbooks and a bioweapons expert who drafted the Biological Weapons Anti-Terrorism Act of 1989, recently spoke with the defender about the dangers and potential illegality of the two proposed documents. Here's a couple of things that he says. Proposals would create worldwide totalitarian medical and scientific police state. This is exactly what it is. Let me ask you something. Does the judge that you go into court and he tells you got to wear a mask, does, is he a doctor? He's giving you medical advice, is he not? Actually, he's not giving you advice. He's giving you a medical mandate. Does the police officer that tells you to put a mask on when you go to the jail to visit a friend or when you're uh, in, in, go into the police station to file a report or whatever the case may be, you got to wear a mask. Are they a doctor? Why are they given medical mandates when they know that, well, they don't know. Some of them are ignorant of it, but we know masks don't work. It's a chain link fence to keep a mosquito out. That's what it is. The IHR was first enacted in 2005 in the aftermath of SARS-CoV-1 and took effect in 2007. They constitute one and only two legal binding treaties the um, WHO has achieved since its inception in 1948, the other being the Framework Convention on Tobacco Control. Boyle said he questioned the legality of the above documents. Some of these um, are listed here. I didn't, I didn't read. I'm just skipping down here a little bit. Uh, the above documents, citing, for instance, the fact that the proposed WHO treaty violates the Vienna Convention on the Law of Treaties, which was ratified in 1969, and which Boyles described as the international law of treaties for every state in the world. Boyle explained the difference between the latest pandemic treaty and IHR proposals. The WHO treaty would set up a separate international organization, whereas the proposed regulations would work within the context of the WHO we have today. However, he said, Having read through both of them, it's a distinction without a difference. And so here's how he explained it. Either one or both will set up a worldwide totalitarian medical and scientific police state under the control of Tedros. That's Terrorist Teddy. That's the guy who's not a medical doctor that you see him on there. He, uh, I don't know what he looks like. Anyway. And the WHO, which are basically a front organization for the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Now, if you have a problem with CDC, which I do, especially them getting money from the American people and having their own patents over these things, which is a conflict of interest, just like the NIH, just like Tony Fauci, Bill Gates, the rest of the, these guys, Big Pharma, uh, and the bioweapons or biowarfare industry, and the Chinese Communist government that pays a good chunk of their bills. Hmm. Oh, you you want you want who who's largely funded by all these guys and the communist Chinese? You want them determining what your law is? Huh. What did the Chinese do with the with the people they they were enforcing the convids on? And they're welding them into their apartments. Mm -hmm. They're beating them. They're they're hauling them out of malls in these little boxes to take them to quarantine while the mindless little sheeple look at their phones, their little black mirrors. It'd be something to do, wouldn't it? Turn off your turn off what the display is and actually look in that black mirror. And what do you see? Do you see a coward? 
Do you see an ignorant person? Do you see a slave? You know, the Bible talks about looking into the perfect law of liberty. That's what James says. We're to examine ourselves. We're to hold up the law of God. He calls it the law of liberty. We're to look at that. Why? Because the law of liberty is what designates what it is to be free from the mastery or the slavery of sin, of lawlessness. Some people think that lawlessness is freedom. It's not. Go read how Jesus confronted the Pharisees at the time. And what did he tell them? They said, we, we're not enslaved to anybody. Yeah. But they were under the boot of Rome. They couldn't even force their own laws. They had to go to Pilate and say, hey, this man's worthy of death. And Jesus told them they were slaves. And that's part of the problem here in the United States. People still think, look, I understand certain freedoms of movement and this, that, and the other, but you've got that going on in other countries too. You really do. Some countries have a freer press, obviously, than we do too. Not all of them, but they do. There's all kinds of things like that. So, anyway, Boyle goes on, and uh, he's got some things. You can read this at sonsoflibertymedia.com, okay? Uh, the, um, it was out yesterday. Who proposals could strip nations of their sovereignty, create worldwide totalitarian state, uh, and expert warns? And that's that, the, the doctor we were just quoting there. I just wanted to give you a flavor. This is a foreign enemy. This is a foreign enemy. Now, when we come to domestic enemies, it's a little different. Everybody, well... The people who listen to this show <laughs> recognize our federal government agencies are unconstitutional. But let's call them what they are. They're domestic terrorists. What's going on with January 6th? Is that not the FBI? Yep. That's all the FBI. That's all the FBI. And while there may be some, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this but I'm going to say it really loosely. The quote-unquote good guys, decent guys, who might be in the FBI, have probably never even thought that they're in an unconstitutional crime syndicate thug organization. Again, Article 1, Section 8, you won't find Congress setting up any of that. What you do find is the one and only law enforcers, and that's, um, uh, excuse me, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15 and 16, you'll find the militia. That's able-bodied men, the men who established that constitution, who are the law enforcers. They're the ones who repel invasions. In, in fact, they are, they are ICE, if you will. You and I are ICE. That's what we're supposed to be about. We're the ones to put down the insurrections. We're to be the National Guard, the, the, the reserves. We're, that's what we're supposed to be, men, and not conscripted. Not that we sign up to you know, for so many years and that and this and this is a voluntary work. Why? To preserve our freedom. Isn't that what the Second Amendment is about? And again, I have a real problem with all of these Second Amendment groups out there who just want to focus on the individual right, which they should. I'm, I'm not saying you shouldn't, you should discard that. You should fight for that too. But the first part of that is a well-regulated militia being necessary, necessary, for the security of a free, free state. You want a free state? You start building up your militia. 
You start putting the fear of God in those who serve you with your own arms. The point of having arms is to keep tyrants in check. Now, I know, yeah, we stop criminals and all kinds of things like that, too. But the Second Amendment, taken in its context, you have arms in order that you may defend yourself, your family, your neighbors, your community from the effects of some tyrant, whether they're in the county, whether they're in the city, whether they're in the state, whether they come from the feds. That's how you keep them in check. I, I made up a little meme over the weekend. We used it with uh, one of the articles. And it was on the guys out of Illinois uh, who these sheriffs, there's almost three dozen of them, by the way, who have told uh, Governor, what's his name, Pritzker? Pritz, I forget the guy's name. Pritzker. Doughboy, I call him Doughboy. Pritzker. Oh, the, you know, I mean, not to get off, off track here, but this is part of it too. This was, this was the little meme I made. And this is what it says. I quote the Second Amendment at the bottom, and this is what it says. Because you hear it in the media, we need to get these weapons of war off the street. This is not what, but they're fine with the agents of the state having the weapons of war, right? Well, listen, weapons of war is exactly the kind of arms the Second Amendment was written to protect. If by the people, not by the state, by the people. Why? Because the Second Amendment doesn't mention the state as far as them having weapons. It says a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And that includes the ability to buy bullets, whatever weapon that you want to get. Tim, are you saying that we, we should have flamethrowers? Yeah, I do. You can go get them at Classic Farms. Great guys over there just across the line from me. You can get a flamethrower over there. Should we have bazookas? Yep, you should be able to get a bazooka. Should we get some you know, rocket launchers? Should we get some RPGs? Yep, you should be able to own that. You know why? Because there is nothing to fear from lawful people owning any kind of weapon. Any kind of weapon. Tank. If you can get it an F-14, an F-18, whatever. Most people can't get that. A warship, whatever. And I can point you back. We've done it before. Our founding fathers recognized the people had all of that. They used private warships to fight the Barbary pirates, guys. They didn't use government warships. They used privately owned warships to do it with letters of mark and reprisal, something that Congress won't even bring up. Everything's got to be military. Because they got to keep that military reinstated. Our founding fathers would be just all over the people who are in Congress today. Because they didn't want a standing army. They put provisions in there for it, but they were very limited. So just so you know, that's what's going on. At least these guys, these almost three dozen Illinois sheriffs, at least what they say, they're not going to enforce the governor's unlawful weapons ban. And the governor's like, well, if we write a law, they have to enforce it. No, they don't. This, this Pritzker guy is as un-American as they come. Just because you write something and call it law, did you not read the Declaration of Independence, dude? Yeah, our forefathers wrote in the Declaration of Independence, the king and the parliament were doing that junk, and they called them out and they said, this is not law, it's pretended legislation. Looks like law, smells like law, has the color of law, it ain't law. It's pretended law. 
And thank God there's some sheriffs who'll say, no, we're not enforcing this. And so he goes around and he says, well, the state police will enforce that. I don't know why these sheriffs are grandstanding. Well, let me tell you something. You state police in the state of Illinois, I hope some of these sheriffs start arresting you guys. I hope they start arresting you. When they find out what you're doing, they start going and putting you in cuffs and throwing you in there with the people you've thrown in, you've pushed to throw in jail for things that aren't, that shouldn't be against the law in the first place. Yep, I said it. I hope they'll throw you in there with them. It's never a good thing when you've been terrorizing the people you're supposed to serve and then you have to go spend months or years in a cell with them. Yeah, never a good thing for you. You need to think about what is law and what is not. Pritzker says that uh, this is an issue. Well, they have to do their job. Yeah, and their job is to uphold the law. And a ban on weapons is a violation, not only of the federal uh, constitution, I'm pretty sure it's a violation of the Illinois constitution. Pretty sure it's a violation of that too. I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's a violation of that too. But if not, it's a federal issue too because of that. So that's another one. All right. So I want to bring you over because we talked about people taking oaths. Now, on Friday, we had G Singh with us and G Singh was talking about the RSS. I didn't get a chance to play you this video, I don't think, as I was going through. But this was the video that I was talking about. Now, this is Tulsi Gabbard. You guys remember Tulsi Gabbard's a veteran. She's a Hindu. She was formerly a Democrat. I don't know what she is now. Is she a Republican? It doesn't really matter what she is politically because she hasn't changed her mindset. And I've said on some of these foreign issues, I think she's right, especially when she came out about Syria. Totally right. Totally right. But domestically, I don't know where this woman's head is. I really don't know where it is. She's for common sense gun control, whatever that means. It's something that's not, it's something that's foreign to the Second Amendment, I can tell you that. So here's Tulsi Gabbard. This is, and I want you to listen to her response when this guy calls her out. He calls her out for being tied to the RSS, which, and we'll have this linked up if you missed the interview with G Singh on Friday. We'll have this linked up so you can hear it. But <clears throat> Tulsi Gabbard is called out at this press conference. I think it's in Hawaii. Everybody's got the, their lays on. And so the guy's going to ask her a question about her ties with that. And everybody's, oh, and Tulsi kind of looks down. And instead of answering the question, Tulsi says, I'm a soldier. I took an oath to blah, 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 blah. Okay. Here it comes. Hey, let's get this gentleman right here with the hat right there. Let's get a question for him. Hello. 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 Yeah. I'm sorry. He's taking the hat and glasses off now. Thank you. Uh, Hawaii resident Michael Brandon Parker says he has known you since you were a child and he introduced you to the RSS, a violent paramilitary in India. Do you think a lot of Texas is a leader in RSS affiliated groups in the USA? And he confirms that he met you from Michael Brandon Parker. In your first two terms in office, you also met the RSS spokesperson at least three times. And you spoke at many RSS events, including two in India. When did your collaboration with the RSS begin? And how much money are they giving you? Notice she doesn't answer. I'm a soldier. 
took an oath, one oath, in my life. That was an oath to serve and protect this country, to put my life on the line for the people of this country. Do you see it? Do you see what happened there? Shared ideals of freedom. But she wants common she wants common sense gun control. In violation of the commonly shared values that we have as Americans. And she did not answer. Now, if if we let this play out, I think they run this guy off. I think religious bigotry. Oh. Hmm. Okay, you hear that? Attack against one of us is an attack against all of us. Friends, and, and look, he's not saying it without a cause. Here's some images. Do, Tul do a search. Tulsi Gabbard RSS. You will see her with these people. You will also see those who knows what the RSS, or RSS is, and they are protesting against her. Okay? Now she's being pitched to the people of America as somehow the light has come on and Tulsi's on our side. She's going to be a Republican, as if that makes any difference what jersey she changes out of, the blue one with a D or the red one with an R. She's kept the ideology she had as a Democrat. By the way, have I not been right about, remember a couple of years ago? I don't even know how many years ago it's been. The time flies so fast for me. Remember when all those Democrats had the walkaway movement? And all these Republican conservative pundit talking heads said, oh, this is great. This is great for the Republican Party. Blah, 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 blah. And I asked, did they change their ideology? Did they repent? Which is a change of mind. Did they repent? Nope. They kept their ideology and they just said, wait a minute. You know, we were fine going lawless to a certain extent, but the lawless barrier, we have our own morality standard and we got a line here we can't cross. That's what they were doing. That's what they were doing. And here's Tulsi doing it. But, but I'd take that to lead into this. Tulsi didn't answer the question. She's clearly tied to the RSS by, by the images that are there just in that little short search. And there's lots of stuff to show that she's tied to that. But instead of answering the question, when did this start? Did you end this? Any of this kind of stuff. What does she do? She punches that quote-unquote patriot button. I took an oath. Play the Star Spangled Banner, put up a bunch of American flags behind me while I say this. I took an oath. I am a soldier. I am to protect the, the people. That's not what you're to do. You're, to, you're supposed to defend the Constitution. That's what it says. In other words, you uphold the law rather than put it down. But you don't do that. You attack it. And that's how she gets away with it. Now, with that said, same people that come in there, 
do it in these unconstitutional agencies. I'm just going to hit this real quick because we've been over it before, and I want to I want to just touch on one guy out of Scripture that I think this this really applies to. Uh, Bill Carter had an article up it that um, dealt with the fact that now we have the documents coming out that the Federal Bureau of Investigation admitted their collusion or their connivance with the Central Intelligence Agency and National Security Security Agency to probe the private lives of Americans without a warrant and its updated rule book, which is the first, and it came from the first version made public since uh, Barack Hussein Obama, Satoru Sabarka, the great usurper. It was a 900, uh, revised in 2021 under President Joe Biden's administration. The 906 page rule book authored during the Trump administration, authored during the Trump administration, included a decade old leak showcasing the FBI's collusion. Oh, we could say conspiracy. Hmm, couldn't we call it a conspiracy? Yeah, we can. With the CIA and the NSA on probes that involved surveillance without court orders against people not accused of any crimes. By the way, the no-fly list is exactly that. It is a complete violation of the Fifth Amendment. Your liberty is not to be taken away from anybody unless you've been indicted. Your liberty is not to be infringed upon. And yet, that's what that that's what that's based on. Now, I'm going to have that up at the at sonsoflibertymedia.com. It's already up there now. You can find it right on the front page. But I'll have it in the archive. If you want to read this this little tale here about that, but we're running out of time. And so, what I want to do is I wanted to go over here, and I wanted to deal with people who, by their actions, or I wanted I want to deal with one person in particular who, by their actions, they were identifying. As one thing, at least in their space of where they were and everything else, but secretly they were doing something else. I'm talking about no, none other than Judas Iscariot. The Bible says that when Jesus called his disciples and he named them off, what he did was, at the end of that it says, and he chose Judas Iscariot, who was a devil. That's how the gospel writers write it prior to him showing he was a devil. We had a, a part, a, a portion of scripture out of John chapter 12, kind of gives us some insight into this. Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which he had, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. And there they made a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly. My understanding is this would have been a year's worth of wages for Mary. This perfume, this spikenard, this ointment. And she took it and anointed the feet of Jesus. This year's worth of perfume, she took and poured on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. Talk about humility. Again, stop and think about this a second. Because Jesus, in another gospel, this parallel to this would say, you didn't even wash my feet. So I want you to think about this a second. Jesus may have had sandals on. I'm, I'm sure he did before he came in the house. 
But think about their roads. Dirty, dusty. They're riding animals, so there's manure everywhere. And this lady takes this costly ointment, puts it on his feet, because he, he tells them, well, why are you fussing at this lady? You didn't even wash my feet. But she has yet to stop from that. So she's doing this, and the humility she has expresses her gratitude for what Christ has done for her. He's forgiven her of her sin. This is the lady who was a harlot. Wiped his feet, wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was this ointment sold? Or not so, yeah, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? And the scripture tells us this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag. Yeah, Jesus had donations for his ministry. Yeah, he did. He did have donations for his ministry. He wasn't looking for money. In fact, he tells you about money. He tells you the truth about money. And bear what was put therein. Then Jesus said, let her alone. Against the day of my bearing hath she kept this. For the poor always ye have with you. You hear that, globalist? You always are going to have the poor. And the poor are there for you to be charitable. Real, really charitable out of your own pocket. Not everybody else's pocket. To show love for the, the poor yourself rather than with everyone else. Much of the people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. And the chief priests, I want this is the this is the weird thing about this. The chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death. <laughs> and then they wanted to do it to Jesus. Um guys, did you not get it? Jesus just brought the guy back from the dead. You're gonna kill him? What's Jesus gonna do? Bring him back from the dead. And you want to take Jesus? Jesus is the one who has power over death. You, you see the insanity of men when they get in this mindset? Okay, so that's one. You go later. I was trying to pull these up during the, during the uh, uh, when we were starting the pre-show. You go over and you find that Judas then later betrays Jesus. He makes an agreement with the Pharisees to sell him out for 30 pieces of silver. Now, the, co the cost of a gored slave, a slave who had been gored by an ox, who was unable to do it, do anything, was 30 pieces of silver. Go back in the Old Testament, you can see that. We're going to finish this up. I'm not going to keep you long. Just a little bit over. SonsofLibertyMedia.com if you want to join us before it's news.com or any of the other outlets that we've got. And uh, Bradley will be with you at 3. I think, if not, we'll have an educational video up on SonsofLibertyMedia.com. See you in the morning at 6 a.m. Bright and early. Lord willing, see you. Got that in all real quick. <laughs> Welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. One of the thing, one of the things is, is that uh, that they they were after him. So when Judas comes the night of Christ's betrayal, all the disciples, he's saying, one of you who's dipping his hand with me in the dish is going to betray me. Now, when you read the passage, what you'll see is many of the disciples is asking, is it me? Is it me? I'm going to tell you, I think that's a healthy thing. Why? Because the Bible tells us that our hearts are desperately wicked. Who can know them? God can know them. God does know them. But stop and think. 
Peter is the one on the same night who says, Lord, I'll never deny you. Never. Even unto death, I'll go with you. And Jesus is like, all right, let me show you, son. <laughs> before the cock crows three times, you're going to deny me three times. Or before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. And what does Peter do? He does just that. Just what Jesus said. Why? Because Jesus knows Peter. And so when he says, one of you is going to betray me, and I'm going to tie this in with what I'm seeing here in the domestic front, because the foreign front is something completely different, but this is the domestic front. One of you is going to betray me. It's the one who puts his hand with me in the dish. Is it me, Lord? Was it me, Lord? Is it me, Lord? And then finally Judas says, is it me? And he goes, it is as you've said. Whatever you're going to go do, do it quickly. And the Bible says as soon as Jesus said that, Satan entered into, Jesus, uh, into Judas. In other words, Judas is no longer in control. He's given all control over to Satan. Satan is his master. And he went out and he did the deal. And he brought all the soldiers by night to get Jesus. And instead of being just who he was and saying, there's the guy right there. He's the guy you're looking for. He tells them, let me go up to him and I'm going to give you a sign. It's the one I kiss. And in the Middle East, they kiss him on the cheek. They don't kiss him on the mouth. And he goes up and he kisses Jesus on the cheek. And Jesus is looking at him like, you're betraying me with a kiss. Really? Really? Almost a, almost a slap in Judas's face to say, be a man. At least put forth what you're doing here. This is deceptive. This is what people like Tulsi Gabbard does. This is what the FBI does. This is what the CIA does. This is what the NS. They give you a kiss and tell you it's for your security. It's for your safety. We, we have common values and blah, 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 blah. And they give you a kiss as they rape you. I don't know any other way to say it. That's the nicest way I can say it. They violate you. They violate the law. They violate their authority they've been given, which none of those, none of those institutions, the FBI, the NSA, the, the CIA, none of them are constitutional. None of them. They aren't. Sorry. If you're in the organization, you're in a crime syndicate. That's what you're in. That's why it needs to all be abolished. The form of government we have, I'm not looking to overthrow it. I'm looking to abolish it, dissolve it, like the Declaration of Independence says, which is part of our law. And that is the right of the people to do that. So they're doing those kinds of things. And then Judas does this. And then what do we read later on? Well, Judas gets a conscience. And Judas is one who goes back to the Pharisees and he takes the 30 pieces of silver and he throws it at them and he said, I betrayed innocent blood. And they're like, well, what does that have to do with us? I saw in your conscience, dude. And he went out and he wept. Now, some people want to claim that Judas was really repent. No, Judas was, Judas had worldly repentance. He didn't have godly repentance that led him, or godly sorrow, excuse me, he had worldly sorrow that didn't lead to repentance. That's what he had. Because if he had had godly sorrow, he would have went and found the disciples. He would have confessed his sin. He would have confessed it to Jesus. 
And then he would have repented from what he would go do, which was what? He went and hanged himself. And the tree branch broke and he fell and he busted apart. Or he broke apart and his entrails were all over the ground. And what do we read here? Some people say, oh, well, Jesus, Judas was really repentant. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Acts one twenty-five. when the disciples got together, they were there to look over Justice and Matthias to replace Judas uh, for an apostleship. And what do we read there? Verse 25. That he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. What place is that? What place is that, friends? He's going to his own place. Now, when you see the, old, the, the, the godly men of the Old Testament, what does it say when they die? They were buried and they slept with their fathers. That's what we're told. Here we're told Judas... His issue was that he might go to his own place. Jesus said before Judas's betrayal, it were better if that man, the one who's going to betray the Son of Man, Jesus himself, it were better if that man were not born. Now, how do you say that if Judas went to be with the Lord in paradise in heaven? How, how do you say that? You don't. You don't. And look, I'm not, I'm not the judicial judge. I'm a moral judge. We're called to do that. That's righteous judgment. The final decree of things is with God. But it seems to me pretty clear, Scriptures, when you bring them together about Judas, God's already given us the judicial decree of Judas. And he was damned. He was not a, he was not a saved man. He just wasn't. And I point out Judas, why? Because Judas played the part that he was in Christ's inner circle, didn't he? He was his disciple. There's no doubt in my mind, Judas is one of those guys that you read about in Matthew chapter 7. Uh, let's go over there real quick. Um, he's one of these guys, because i, I got to tell you, this is, to me, this is, you're talking about the how deception works. This is one of those things that uh, it should cause shivers to run down your spine, not understanding this. This is Matthew chapter 7. He says this, Even so, or he, he talks about you shall know them by the fruits. Now he's talking about the false prophets because he says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by the fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast in the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits, ye shall know them. They have good fruit, they have bad fruit. They got bad fruit, they're headed for the fire. Okay? And then he says this, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth, doeth, that's a work, 
by the way. It's not a work to be saved. It is works that are the fruit of being saved, saved from your sin. Okay? In other words, if you have the fruit of love, real love, which doesn't violate the law of God, it loves God and it loves man. If you've got that, then that's the Spirit of God working in you because He has saved you from your sin, and therefore you do those works, Ephesians 2.10, that you've been set apart to do. That's just a reality of, of the Christian life. If you don't have good works that follow your profession, maybe you need to read James chapter 2. You want to say, I can just sin all day long and Jesus will just forgive me because I'm one of His and I asked Him into my heart. Bull crap. No, that's not how it works. He has saved us from our sin. He is saving us from our sin. He is teaching us to put away sin and to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he teaches us to do. And he says this. He says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? That's preached. And in thy name have cast out devils. Hmm. Cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. Do you remember when Jesus sent out the disciples? He sent them out by twos. And they came back and they said, even the demons are subject to us. And he says, don't rejoice at that. Rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Don't get caught up in all the little stuff that's happening here. Rejoice in the one who's written you in the Lamb's Book of Life. And then he says this. This is key here. Pay attention. Because this goes with 1 John, by the way, when he talks about we're not those who sin. Okay? Here's what he says. I will profess unto them. He's not saying God the Father's going to do it. He says he's going to do it. He's the judge. Do you understand that? For those of you who think that Jesus is just you know some prophet somewhere, that he's just some man, a holy man, or whatever. No, no, he's the judge. He's saying in that day, the day of judgment, this is what they're going to say, and he'll say, I'll say to them. He's telling them he's the judge. I will profess unto them, I never knew you. You may have known stuff about me and preached about it. You may have used my name to cast out some devils. You may have used my name to do some wonderful works, but you didn't know me and I didn't know you. Depart from me. Look at this. Ye that work, or in some translations, it's practice iniquity. You who continue to practice sin, transgression of the law, despite what you say about putting a label on yourself as a follower of Christ, you continue to practice sin. Do you continue to practice sin? Is sin the thing that's ruling over you, or are you taking dominion over it? Now, I believe the Bible does give us the instances where we're warring against our flesh. Romans chapter 7. We, In fact, I shared this with some friends yesterday because we talked about this at, at our Sunday school. I thought it was great what the pastor portrayed there from Romans 7. We are warring against the flesh. We didn't do that before we came to Christ. I can tell you I didn't. I indulge the flesh. 
a lot. Never had a conscience that, well, let me change that. The closer I came to conversion, the more my conscience bothered me. But before that, didn't have a problem with it. I didn't have a problem breaking a lot of the commands of God. Not convicted by it, just living my life. But when the Spirit of God regenerates you, if you're not warning against your sin and your flesh, you might want to question whether or not the Spirit of God gave you the new birth. Whether you're one of His. Because if you don't have His Spirit, you're not one of His, Paul says in the book of Romans. I think Judas is one of these guys. He was one who went out with the 70, come back saying, oh, the demons are subject to us and blah, blah, blah. And he's going to have his day of accounting too, just like we all are. He's going to have his accounting just like we are all. What's the remedy for traitors? You go back in the Old Testament, there's just, there's tons. It's judgment for traitors. Even, you, you, do you guys remember Absalom? David's own son turned the people against him. And David loves his son, told his guys, don't harm the young man. One of his guys finds him out there. He had, a, he had long hair. Absalom did. Had really long hair. And uh, I forget, they, they talk about its weight. Apparently it was, he had a full head of hair. <laughs> and he's riding along. And, you know, he's got the flowing locks going there. And he runs up under a tree and his hair gets caught in the branches, pulls him off his horse. And that must have been some sight to see. One of David's soldiers finds him and runs him through and kills him. And David is beside himself. It's Not only is it his son, but his son has died in this rebellious state, this treasonous state against his own father. Now, that's just one example. I can go through... Scripture after Scripture after Scripture after Scripture where this comes up, where there are traitors in the midst of Israel, kings even, who are there. And they come to a really bad end. But I thought Judas was the perfect example to show you the FBI, the CIA, and the NSA are treasonous. They are not here to protect us. They're not constitutional. So therefore, they're lawless from the beginning, from their institution. And here's the real reason that happens. Those who came before us forgot they were the law enforcers. They forgot they were the law enforcers. Somebody didn't teach them to be the law enforcers, the militia, as the Constitution lays out. Some fathers down the line forgot that vigilance that was needed to secure a free state. And they didn't pass it on their kids. And so their kids grew up not knowing what that was. They didn't see it in their fathers. And then they grew up and they got a little further away from the law and a little further away from the law. And the further they got away from the law in that manner, the further they lost their liberty. Yeah. The further they failed to uphold the law against ungodliness, crime, sin, however you want to put it, 
the further they led their people into slavery rather than liberty. And here we are. Many of us are trying to rediscover what that is, what that looks like. And I would encourage you today, if you don't know what that looks like, if you have no understanding of what I'm talking about right now, go to tacticalcivics.com. You don't have to pay anything to read through the stuff. You really don't. And it's only five bucks a month or $50 a year or something like that. I pay the $50 so I save two months. But the fact of the matter is, is this. We have to learn our civic duties. It's part of our love for, for our fellow man and our love for God. It really is. And um, I think when you go over there, you're going to see something that's going to startle you men. And I know there's some women who are in there too. But I'm talking basically to the men. It's, it falls on us. We're the protectors. We are. And um, we need to band together as men, as godly men, around the Christ, around the gospel, around the scriptures. This is part of discipleship, too. Just as much as anything else of teaching charity, of love, of reconciliation. We're going to try to talk about that later in the week. I was going to try to do it today, but I didn't have all my stuff together. So we're going to talk about that a little later on in the week. All of this is a part of discipleship. How to protect. How to, how to deal with the lawless in our community. Oh, well, Tim, Jesus, you can't judge me because Jesus judged. You know what? That's just silly. All throughout history, men have done that. In fact, go to Genesis chapter 9 and tell me, what did God say? Man sheds blood, by man shall his blood be shed. There was no government instituted like we think of government. It was just an issue of, if you're going to go take a man's life, guess what? A man's going to come take yours. You're giving it up. And I got to tell you, when I see the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, and then I see the, the foreign enemies of the WHO and others, it's time for us as men here in the, these United States to come together to agree these are our enemies. They are not our friends. They are not here. They're not here serving us. They were never instituted to serve us. It's time for us to start defending ourselves in our local community. Again, this is countywide. This is local. And we can start doing it local if we'll start educating ourselves and we'll start encouraging and educating other men in our community. We can do that. We can take back what is rightfully ours, but it's going to require some repentance. And part of that repentance is going to be having to confess to God, we have been lazy That we have grown up in wealth and ease. That we've forgotten his commands as far as doing them in such a way that is pleasing unto him. And then doing what we're supposed to do. No, I'm not promoting a, a Christian nationalism. I'm talking about what's going on right in our backyard. That's what I'm promoting. And doing it the way God said that we should do it. I hope the Lord moves upon our hearts to do that. I really do. I, I hope that he, that he moves on us, and we're going to see a great awakening that he'll be behind because he'll be the one instituting the fire that gets that going. And you know what? As we talked about yesterday, um, you know, judgment begins at the house of God. If we don't get it right, how can we expect the world to get it right? The world's always going to get it wrong. They're always going to get it wrong. 
It is for the people of God to come forth and bring forth righteousness and establish justice and bring forth liberty. That's what that's the only way to get it. And uh, and we're going to have to quit just talking about it. And you say, well, Tim, you're on the show talking about it all the time. Yeah. And then we're out here doing it, too. Maybe we'll get some video on it. I don't know. I don't want to encourage you to do that. Do those things. If you want to take back these things, if you want your liberty, it's going to be a fight. And it's not going to be a pretty one. And some of you are already in it. So anyway, with that said, Bradley, be with you at 3, I think. <laughs> SunCelebrityMedia.com. Tomorrow, we're going to be back. We're going to have a guy on. I I may have read it wrong. I want to say he was out of Nigeria. But I, I'm going to have to get the bio on him. His name is Judd Saul. He works with the persecuted church there. And uh, we're going to get a little update on that. Because here, here's a land. Here are lands in the world where Christians are viciously and brutally persecuted. We need to keep them in our prayers and we need to learn from what's going on there and implement that learning here in the state in which we're in. Guys, have a great day and we'll talk to you in the morning, 6 a.m., bright and early. Actually, Saul will be pre-recorded tomorrow, so we won't have that tomorrow. So maybe we'll get the reconciliation. I don't know. We'll, we'll deal with that in the morning. Talk to you then.